The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. We always encourage you to check us out as a fee-only fiduciary. Also, Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. And yeah, a fee-only fiduciary partner. That's the trust when we talk about Team Tech Trust. Derek Felsker, Chief Investment Officer, good morning. Good morning. David J. Spano, our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management, good morning to you. Good morning, Danny, and good morning, Derek. You know, there is a lot to cover this week, but at the top of everyone's mind, as you would expect, is the growing cases uh, of the virus, and is it going to complicate some economic reopening plans? And that continues to be on everyone's mind. In fact, uh, earnings season kicked off, and we saw a lot of companies begin to talk about it or actually uh, respond to the fact that their models have changed. We see it across all of the platforms. And in fact, we even saw some home builders came out this week. And with the earnings, Derek, there is a lot to talk about. Oh, there, there certainly has been. Um, you know, we saw related to the virus, we saw that Disney is now canceling the planned August release of, of Mulan, which was expected to be a big hit. Heard that AMC is now rolling back the opening of their movie theaters until late August, early September. So clearly, you know, progress against the virus is one of the key inputs that we have to consider every week as an investment committee about where to invest our clients' money intelligently. But generally speaking, earnings season has gone pretty well. We have a very low bar. We had very little guidance, but any number of tech names have reported good numbers. The challenge for investors, though, is how much of that uh, good news has already been priced into the securities, given the massive rally we've had off the lows in March. Right. And you so you see what uh, is happening with a lot of the tech stocks. It certainly seems like, as you said, it's been priced in already, and we're starting to see rotations out of stocks. And in fact, the NASDAQ had not a great week. No. And, you know, as we as we talk about a lot, Mark Oswald in particular on this show, we talk about looking at your portfolio and rebalancing and considering outliers in terms of performance as a way to reduce risk and, and basically lock in good numbers. So in the case of Microsoft, they grew on a 13% annualized basis in the quarter. Uh, they beat on the earnings line. They beat on the revenue line. They obviously benefited from the work, learn, and play from home leverage that is extant in their business model. But the one thing about their report that investors didn't like was Azure, which is their uh, web services business, only grew 35%, which was a little bit below expectations. But generally speaking, a very strong report from a very important company, the S&P 500. And as we continue to move through, uh, you know, obviously Tesla reported, and it is really interesting. You know, we think about the size of companies and market cap of companies, and shockingly, uh, Tesla is moving up the list. Tesla is. It reported its fourth uh, consecutive quarter of profitability, which means that the the board that manages the S&P 500 uh, could potentially include it in that index. It's now the 12th largest market cap company. It's market cap exceeds all other automakers combined. And interestingly, you know, you see a stock that goes from 400 to 1700 in the course of four months. They they earned $435 million in cash flow in the quarter, but $428 million of it 
was from the sale of tax tax credits. So it's profitless prosperity for Tesla to the consternation of any number of people who've been betting against their fortunes. And you made made a good point. And so the S and P is a conglomerate of different companies. And as you go through there, they say, all right, who should be included in there? And we've seen companies come in at index and come out. You know, we saw some retailers uh, that were showing the exit. But Tesla is at the doorstep of, of now being part of the S&P 500 as well. Right, and I think there are some folks that believe that when it is included in the S&P, and it seems inevitable given how large a company is. I mean, the S&P typically wants to have the largest companies in America in that index. Uh, so the timing of that is imprecise, but generally speaking, that will add demand for the shares, which I'm sure has any number of short sales, sellers very concerned. Right, well, and then, of course, you know, people who, who buy indexes, that money goes into that because it goes in to that big bucket. And lastly, we have to talk about the growing despair between the United States and China. Yeah, we've had uh, the, the rhetoric has heated up this week. We saw that in Houston, the, the Chinese were ordered to close their consulate by the U.S. government, uh, claims being that it was a source of spying and so on. Um, well, and like, then they began to burn documents in the courtyard, and the fire department had to come, and the police department had to come. So there is something there, as they say, that if there's smoke, there's fire, but uh, the Chinese responded. Yeah, the Chinese on Thursday night um, retaliated, essentially ordering a, a U.S. embassy in their, in their country to close as well. Um, and it just reflects a deterioration of tensions, primarily due to the you know, lack of trust between our two countries over the way the, the virus was handled from the Chinese, from the perspective of the Trump administration, uh, you know, their unwillingness to share information on a timely basis and, and, and so on. So it's definitely something that investors are considering and thinking about. But I will note that Chinese stocks have actually done quite well in the past four or five months, and their GDP actually turned positive, up 3.2% for the quarter, well below their historic level of uh, economic growth, but certainly an improvement from what we saw in the second quarter quarter. Good stuff. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. When we talk about team, we're talking about investment and retirement planning, talking about tax planning, talking about estate planning, talking about your plan. It is yours. It's not a cookie cutter, and it includes every aspect of our team. And we are a fee-only fiduciary. That means zero commissions. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Stick around. More to come on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox. News. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Team Tech Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Welcome back. It's time for Ask Annex. If you have a question for us, go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Ask button. Anything else, click the Get Started button, and we'll get going on a free portfolio analysis. And Derek, we're going to start with Tom is asking us, the stock market has been very concentrated. We'll have to explain what that means to our listeners. What is likely to undermine the relative performance of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. So let me try to take this apart. First of all, what does concentrated mean? Well, what what he's referring to is the fact that the bulk of the appreciation of these stock market indexes, namely the S&P 500, 
has, has been due to the performance of just a few stocks Got because it. of the nature of its weighting. Instead of widely being very concentrated. And the second part of the question is relative performance. Well, what I've thought for a long time, you know, we've talked about value versus growth on this show any number of times. In an environment like this where the economy is sluggish uh, due to the shutdown, growth stocks tend to command a premium because they're the only companies that are growing earnings. So to my way of thinking, when those when we start to see a broadening out of economic growth into more cyclical areas of the economy, you know, like hotels, restaurants and the rest, the valuation investors will be willing to pay for Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Facebook is likely to go down. Right. All right. Second question is what conclusions can be drawn from the reports from the major banks? You know, Mark, we did see the major banks come out and there was a mixed bag. We talked about that earlier that Wells Fargo did not do as well as JP Morgan, but they certainly have to take a look at that. And we talked about loan loss reserves. Where can you go from these reports? You're going to have to look at each one, one by one. I think so. Each company is going to be valued a little bit differently. But as a sector, you always kind of look at, you know, the economy through the lens of the financials. You know, as the economy goes, the banks go, as the banks go, the economy goes to a certain extent. So that's why that sector is always important to keep an eye on. So it was the mixed bag was kind of interesting, but it name specific. I think that was important in this case. Okay, keep moving. Uh, we have a question from Greg, and Greg writes... What role does valuation play in the construction of portfolios at Annex? Well, we can spend the rest of the time, Derek, talking about that question, well, but well, valuation is very important. Yeah, it's one of the key components. I mean, basically, when we build our models, we look at that the valuation of various asset classes on a forward-looking basis, which is unusual. Most most folks look backwards and just assume a 60-40 portfolio is going to be a great thing all the time. What we do is we actually adjust our target weightings for what we expect to be earnings and revenues and all the rest going forward, which causes us to tweak our, our target allocations. And at the same time, we're managing risk, right? Because there's no point in being 60% in an expensive stock market. You'd rather be 40% in an expensive stock market and 80% in a cheap stock market. So that that target allocation shifts depending on valuations. And we're talking about uh, the other part of this is value versus growth. And just this past week, talked to a client, and, and it was a very good question, but he asked us the difference between in our portfolios between value and growth. And is there a shift happening from growth to value, something that we really haven't seen for a long time? We haven't. It's really been nine out of the last 10 years, growth stocks have crushed value stocks. This past week, however, value did have a, a nice bounce. There was some you know, consolidation in the tech sector. We saw uh, some cyclical areas of the S&P perform reasonably well. Uh, whether it has longevity, I think, depends on what the economy does. If the economy re remains sluggish, growth will be priced at a premium. And what we certainly have to pay attention to is the economy, of course, the elections. And there is a lot of emotion that is going to happen over the next six months. That means volatility is going to be introduced. I'm trying to slide one more question in here, Mark. And it says, in what cases is active management superior to passive index oriented investing? Well, that's a great question because I think that it's really important right now to know the difference between those two things. Because for a lot of people, you talk about value versus growth, that's difficult for some investors to try to get their arms around. And it's part of that free portfolio review. That's another analysis that we're going to do is look at, are you tilted towards value? Or are you tilted towards growth? Because it makes a difference. It made a difference over the last decade. The same thing is true as active versus passive. When the market's going up year over year over year, you look at passive investing and say it's a cheaper alternative in most cases to have a passive investment because you don't have to pay a manager to do it. 
But active management has its place when you have that concentrated market like Derek was talking about because then names matter. Talked about financials. Names matter in that sector right now. So active management where you have somebody who's out there who's got that sector, that market in their focus and is saying this is the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is what we want to pick out of that sector is important for overall performance in most markets. And we have to say for certain, and Derek, you talked about it, is that every stock for themselves, like just like every man for themselves, and you have to look at each one of these earnings and how are they doing and what's the leadership. does not matter what the sector is. You have to look at the performance of every one of these, and that's the reason why we do that in these individual portfolio reviews. If you got a question for us, go to askannex at annexwealth.com and click that Ask button, and we'll try to get these on the air. We do get a bunch of them. We try to get as many as we can on the air. If we can help in any other way, head to our website at annexwealth.com and click the Get Started button. And again, go to our website and sign up for the access. We keep hearing unprecedented during this pandemic. From a financial perspective, we've seen a lot of this before. Market plunges, global pandemics, high unemployment. Everyone has an opinion. And frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. You need a steady, independent voice. Annex Wealth Management has decades of experience helping clients navigate. You don't need a sales pitch. You need an assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. AnnexWealth.com. If not now, when? Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Summer is here, and for many, it means special trips to special places, family cottages, lake houses, cabins, special places that are near and dear. It's a family place. Grandma and Grandpa had it, and there's a strong desire to keep it in the family. Maybe your grandma and grandpa, and you've got generations who love to spend time there with you. We know that, and that's why our Saving the Family Cottage presentation with Annex Wealth Management is so popular, and you want to make it a special place. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management, welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. This is a very popular topic. You put this presentation on a ton, and one thing we've learned, you knew it ahead of time, but with every case, it's not simple when grandma and grandpa want to pass along that family asset like a cottage. No, it's not, because ownership creates problems, right? When grandma and grandpa own it, they invite the family up, they're the ones that pay the bills, they're the ones that do the maintenance, they know how this runs, right? Now if all of a sudden they're going to pass it on to their three kids, those three kids, A, don't know how much it costs to maintain that house, they have differing opinions about who gets to come up for the 4th of July, who doesn't, right? It starts to get to be a little bit more of a convoluted mess and fights can start. So each case really is different, but when a vacation home starts that process to transfer and stay in the family from grandma and grandpa to somebody else, there's got to be a, a standard process that we we suggest. Well, I don't know if there's a standard process, but there's a standard conversation that conversation. needs to be Conversation. Got it. Yeah, right. Or, so, or conversations, right? Because you got to flesh a lot out. Y- you do have to flesh a lot out because what happens is, is just because grandma and grandpa love that cottage doesn't mean their kids do. Maybe their kids have their own cottage that they want to go to and they, they don't want to inherit part of that anymore. And so before you ultimately plan to leave it to your kids, you need to have a conversation with your kids about do they even want it? And 
sometimes we see that that hasn't even happened in estate planning. So that's where things start to break down is just the lack of communication. You know, being a kid that did not have grandma and grandpa that had a family cottage, I, I would assume that everybody would want it, but you've seen plenty of times where people just, just don't. You did mention something that grandma and grandpa for the longest time were paying the bills on, on maintenance and maintenance takes money. Uh, how do you start to divvy that up? It, it's a really good question. And, and that's, tends to be where the nitty-gritty comes into play right because it's one thing to be like oh yeah we have the family cabin that we share with all three siblings and but what happens when you need a new roof right who's going to pay for that there needs to be money that comes into that so there needs to be some type of an agreement among the three of them are they going to contribute equally is somebody going to do the work versus two are going to pay for the materials right all of this stuff starts to get more and more difficult to figure out the details when stuff starts to happen. And people can have different expectations and they probably can get different advice as well. You, you recently had a case where somebody was working with a CPA, not in our firm, but they just didn't know how the law operated and I's need to be dotted, T's need to be crossed. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I think some of it is, is it depends on what's the purpose behind the property, right? Is it going to be a rental? If it's going to be a rental, a lot of times we see those going into LLCs for liability protection to make sure that if something happens to some of the people that are renting it, the liability doesn't extend personally to everyone, right? So that's a question. Taxation, when it's non-spouses that own property together, if there's income and rents that are coming in, how are you splitting that among 1040s, right? So it starts to get to be complicated, A, if there's rental income that's generated. But even if it's not, you want to think about what's the real ownership structure and what happens among three siblings, what happens now if we go to the second generation, right? So now all of a sudden there's grandkids or you're suddenly co-owning with nieces and nephews that you never would have contemplated, it just muddies the waters even. Is this a type of estate plan? Um, well, we've joked, right? It's a it's a separate estate plan for your family cottage, okay. right? It's, it's right. almost like you need to do separate planning. It can be part of a bigger comprehensive estate plan that addresses all of your assets and how they're going to pass when you pass away. But the cottage requires some specific planning. You know, I hate to say it, but divorces happen and family cottages are assets. Do we talk about how to protect it and keep it in the family? Well, that's a really great point. So now if all of a sudden you own the cottage with your three siblings and now one of them gets divorced... That soon-to-be ex-spouse could have some type of interest that A, needs to be paid off, or suddenly they now become an owner with all of their ex-in-law. Is that something we want to have happen? Probably not. So having a good structure in place that covers those types of issues is really, really important. Bankruptcies, creditors, same, same type of thing? Same type of thing because it's an asset. So if all of a sudden there is some liability or debt that needs to be settled... Those creditors are coming back and saying, you own one-fourth of a cottage. Saving the Family Cottage has been very popular in person. We're doing it now as a webinar. They're easy to do, easy to attend. The next one happens on Wednesday, the 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, if you're interested. Register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. If you're in a situation and you can't wait until the 29th, just give us a call. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for our contact information. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Danny. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. 
Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Know the difference. It is Team Tech Trust. Quick reminder, we've got a webinar coming up tomorrow. It's called Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. If you're interested, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Events tab. And we've got to tell you this, folks. If you hear of something that we're doing at Annex, one of our webinars, you don't want to wait for the webinar. Maybe it's just not convenient. Just give us a call. Uh, go to the website. Just click that uh, Get Started button, and we will help out. Looking forward, Derek. Uh, there's lots that we can cover, but for sure one of the things that we need to watch this coming week is this next round of stimulus, somewhere between $1 and $3 trillion. And obviously there's a debate right now on the extension of unemployment insurance. There is. In fact, uh, the Trump administration and the Republicans and the Senate couldn't agree on a on a deal or a, you know, a joint deal to present to the Democrats. So. And by the way, this has got to get done soon because after July 31st, they go on August recess like they need to do that. But, the, you know, that has to happen as well. Right. So hopefully early next week we'll get some sort of re- a proposal from the Republicans that they'll then begin to negotiate with the Democrats on. And they're they're looking at about a trillion dollars of additional stimulus. The Democrats are north of three trillion. So obviously a lot of... Uh, negotiations lie ahead and the timing is important because what we've seen recently is the economic recovery we've seen from the reopening is starting to slow we're seeing you know any number of folks that we thought were temporarily unemployed actually becoming fully unemployed Uh, we're seeing jobless claims start to climb a little bit and and frankly those generous terms were extended on unemployment insurance in particular really was an income support mechanism that kept people you know in good shape financially despite the fact that they weren't working and one has to con- conclude that if they're still not working and those terms are less generous that will they will tend to save that money which could cause the economy to to falter somewhat particularly given its consumer oriented Characteristic. And we did see a number of Wall Street firms, in fact, reduce their GDP estimates. But, you know, we're seeing all kinds of anecdotal evidence that companies are, are figuring out how to work with less people as well. So I do think that unemployment number is going to stay stubbornly high uh, until the election. The other thing that we're looking forward this week, Derek, is uh, Apple's coming out with their earnings report, and it's very important. Yeah, Apple's going to report on, on July 30th. Um, they're currently facing um, some multi-state consumer protection protection probe, state of Texas being most notable. Uh, The stock has had a tremendous run uh, in the second quarter from the March lows. In fact, Goldman Sachs on Thursday actually put a sell recommendation on the stock as was approaching $400. From from 230, so it's it's almost doubled heck of a run. It has, and it's, but it is one of the, the two largest weightings in the S&P 500 at over 5% of the S&P market cap. Uh, and, and so basically, you know, we're going to take a look at that, at that quarter and, and, and view it uh, with, a, with a fine-tooth comb because it will have a huge impact on the major averages. And the other thing to keep in mind is any number of these tech companies that are reported recently, for the most part, have not reacted well, even to good news. So I think you really have to be circumspect uh, surrounding Apple. It has had a fabulous run, but it is expensive relative to its history, but certainly the fundamentals there continue to be bright. And on Friday, we saw, uh, to that that 
point. And on Friday, we saw Intel drop from $60 to $50 because of that. Uh, again, and lastly, what we are seeing, in, in particularly with these tech companies, is we could begin to see a type of rotation out of some tech stocks into some other areas of, of the market. Uh, there's a lot of evidence of that. Yeah, we've talked any number of times about rebalancing the portfolio. There's a, a long-term trend line of the tech sector versus the S&P, and, and the tech sector had really outrun the S&P for quite some time, and we're just we're not even close to testing that uptrend line. So there probably is additional relative underperformance coming from tech, given how widely owned it is. As investors look for other areas of the market that perhaps have more upside, you know, potentially, you know, vaccine beneficiaries, you know, what kind of companies would benefit should there be a vaccine or the availability of an emergency vaccine in October that would take some of the pressure off the U.S. economy and businesses. And lastly, uh, we begin, uh, on average, we've seen a tough time for the market, and it really begins as we head into August as the volumes begin to decrease. So now more than ever, know what's in your portfolio why you own it, how much you're paying for it. We do it every day. And, Danny, there's an easy way to get that done. Sure is. You can head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. And while you're there, read our story. Read what we're all about. A Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. We think one of the most important things, a fee-only fiduciary partner. Again, the website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. If you just joined us late, this show will be on Spotify in about a half an hour, so you can look for us there. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.